to the footyjumpers.com podcast, a uh, podcast from the footyjumpers.com history of footy uniforms website. My name is Rob. I am your host, or one of your hosts. Uh, we also have my co-host, and that's Lucky. Hello, everyone. How are we doing today? So, basically, what are we at to now? So, last week, we finished at 1925. So, we've got yes. three new clubs, and the next thing we know, world's in the Great Depression. So... Basically, Rob, let's just jump straight into this one. What did okay. the Depression do? Uh, well, the Depression had some effect in that uh, no one had any money. Uh, what had happened before the Depression kind of uh, had a little bit of an impact in that nobody really changed anything. So from those 25 to 30 years, you know, where there was no... Um, well, there was no depression yet. We're coming up to it. Uh, but what happened was, I mean, Carlton adopted the monogram that they wear today in 1927. And I think North War started wearing white collars on their blue with a white V jumpers. Apart from that, everyone's wearing pretty much the same jumpers, you know, the whole way through. I guess the one thing you could say is that by the end of that decade... Um, everyone wears black shorts at home and white shorts away. There was a period where Richmond and Fitzroy were both wearing blue shorts at home, uh, but by the end of the 1920s, everybody's uh, yeah, everybody's got black shorts at home, white shorts away, and I think realistically that's sort of what a lot of us have just grown up with, mm. um, you know, right up until the 1980s when the VFL changed things a little bit. Right. So there wasn't really any mass effects from the Great Depression on the footy jumpers at the time? Uh, well, oh, well, yeah. Well, the Great Depression, which I guess started at the very end of 1929, so it was after the footy season, what what ended up happening was, yeah, that you couldn't... You know, footy clubs just didn't want to spend the money buying new jumpers, shorts and socks every single year. So what they did was they just wore the same ones year in, year out, year in, year out. And, you know, they get ripped, torn and scragged and they mm. get dirty. You know, they played on muddy footy grounds and so on. Uh, so in a lot of cases, they may have just dry cleaned them at the end of the footy season. Um, you know, they had washing, but not like washing machines even that we have today. They didn't come along till later. So they were hand-washed. So your white um, South Melbourne jumpers looked pretty grey by the <laughs> end of the season. Um, that, uh, or, you know, by the end of the 19, sort of 30, 31 season. So what we do find, though, is that when clubs did have to get new jumpers, that that sort of instigated a change in design somewhat. Uh, so, you know, like the early... 30s, so well, 32. Uh, South Melbourne adopted the V. They used to wear a uh, white with a red sash. 32, they had the V, which is today, well, they wear it on their clash jumper as a heritage sort of recognition. Mm. Uh, so that started in 32. In 33, St Kilda adopted white sleeves. Uh, 33, North Melbourne started wearing striped jumpers. They had been blue with a white V when they joined the VFL, and now they started wearing very wide blue and white uh, stripes. 
and Hawthorne, who'd been wearing brown with gold V, uh, they adopted for one year a uh, gold jumper with a brown V. Right, so why did all of these teams sort of start changing up their patterns and designs? Is that just everyone's just gone bonkers and decided they wanted something fresh or... Because it just seems... I think so, yeah. I mean, there's nothing really documented to say, well, this is the reason we decided to do this. I think what they've done is they've just said, look, if we're going to have to buy jumpers, we might as well buy something that makes us stand out, makes us, you know, is a little bit different. Mm. Um, Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. And as well as... I remember that... Because the gold dye, I feel like we don't see and hear too many gold jumps at the time wasn't there some story tied to that the usage of gold dye yes. there was an injury or something yeah, along those lines yes that was a bit unfortunate uh so fred phillips was well he was at, at well, fred phillips used to was one of st kilda's best players yeah. um played for victoria you know he was a bit of a gun player he got appointed as captain coach of hawthorne and so what happened was he played in a practice match in the new jumpers and he had a boil or a cut, depending on what the report is. Some um, reports of the time say, say he had a boil on his elbow that had been lanced. Uh, others mm. say that he had a cut on his elbow. And what happened was the dye... So, well, he had an open wound on his elbow. Yeah. And the dye from the jumper got into his bloodstream and he died of blood poisoning um yeah so it was a footy jumper that killed someone that's right uh, but yeah, yeah you would have thought so um yeah so that uh it's a true story <laughs> and yeah so he, he never actually captain coached them in a game it was just one practice match that he had played in um as i understand it he was like, you know, played in a practice match on Saturday. And I think even before the end of that that week, he died. And he's like 27 years old. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, sad story, certainly for his family. Yeah. But, um, so is that yeah, tied to then, the gold dye or is that just sort of Well, that was supposed to be the, the cause of the problem. Yeah, there was the, whatever was in that dye um, was poisonous. Yeah. And because he had the open wound on his elbow, that poison got into his bloodstream. And that was enough to, amongst other things, that was enough to really bring down his, you know, immunity or whatever. Because I think he also had um, like a pneumonia or a cold that developed into pneumonia. Mm. And so some combination of the two is what ended up, um, yeah, killing him. Yeah, that's rough. So... And then the next year, the Hawks said, well, all right, well, we've had enough of that. Yeah. Actually, they weren't even the Hawks back then. They, well, you know, I think the Mustard Pots is what the the name was with, they, with that jumper, but they were traditionally known as the Bay Blooms. And uh, they changed in 1934. They changed back to a brown jumper with a gold V again. So, yeah, for, uh, for one season, they wore the jumper, killed their captain coach, and then... Mm. Just changed it back anyway. Yeah, um, yeah not, a, not a great story. Um, and that's, the other one is Hawthorne's still wear. What's that? Hawthorne still sort of wear that brown and gold V, don't they? Uh, they've worn it in Heritage Round a couple of seasons. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Um, so they um, and they they sort of had that HFC monogram on a couple of their clash jumpers at times recently as well. Right. Um, that, well, the, sorry, I should say the clash, the HFC uh, monogram was on the 1925 to 32 jumpers. When they, when they went back to the brown jumper with the gold V in 34, um, and they then wore that all the way up to 1949, um, they didn't have the HFC monogram on that one from them. They mm. just had the you know, brand new gold V. Um, the other thing with 1934 is that was the year that Melbourne got new jumpers and they, for the first time, wore a navy blue jumper with a red yoke. And so wow. haven't changed... Well, I mean, they have changed it, but, you know, that's, that's what they wear today. Uh, they changed it to royal blue with a red yoke for colour TV and that lasted for 11, 12 years. And, uh, yeah, back to navy blue with a red yoke again. Mm. So that was the first year they wore those ones. And then the other club to change, well, I guess now we're in the mid-30s, uh, 1935, is Footscray, who's now the Western Bulldogs. So Footscray, um, they went right off the charts. Uh, so they, well, they had a jumper in 1934 that they wear today, blue with a red and white band, and they went to one that was uh, red, white, and blue stripes, and then it also had a blue and a white V and yoke. Uh, so wow, they'll step the game up. Um, yes, yeah, step their game right up. Yeah, uh, that was uh, that stood out, and so. Uh, my understanding of they were called the barbershop stripe jumpers, uh, or at least were referred to in some circles as the barbershop stripes. The barbershop. I feel I've yeah. definitely heard a story what about the barbershop stripes. Oh, barbershops had red and white stripes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there was, was there something tied to this? I just, for some reason, I think there's, I've heard this story around yeah, the Footscray and the barbershop yeah, jumper. This one came out, uh, well, 2003, the Bulldogs wore this as their heritage jumper with a few changes, but they sort of based it on this jumper. The thing with these jumpers is uh, one of the country groups at the club, at Footscray, what they did was they arranged for the jumpers to get destroyed at the yearly dry cleaning. So as I sort of mentioned earlier, you know, there weren't washing machines in those days. So, and they didn't have the money to dry clean footy jumpers every single week. So at the end of the season, they would take the footy jumpers down to the dry cleaners. The dry cleaners would probably have a sign in the window that says, we do the dry cleaning for the Footscray Footy Club. But uh, they would also um, you know, dry clean all these footy jumpers. What this coachery group had arranged with those dry cleaners was to deliberately ruin them by shrinking them. Uh, they then paid them a handsome <laughs> sum of money, and then they also paid them enough money to then go to the footy club and say, oh, look, sorry, we've accidentally uh, <laughs> destroyed your footy jumpers by making them all little league size. And uh, by the way, we'll look after, you know, getting replacements made. And then the replacements they got made 
were in the 1934 design, which is the design they wear now, which is blue with a red and white band. What could have been? So, oh, what could have been? Well, there was, for the longest time, one of those jumpers at uh, the Footscray Social Club when you came in. And now that they've got a Hall of Fame, which I haven't been able to visit to this point, but now that they've got a Hall of Fame, hope I'm hoping that it is on display in there, along with their, uh, what do they call it, the Fitzroy Bulldogs. Uh, they had one of those jumpers made up at one point on display. Um, but you can go into the, the Bulldogs and they have, at least had one of these jumpers, mm. and uh, it was. It looks like it's from the Little League kit. It, yeah. it is definitely red. Oh, one of these um, actual ones from the story. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, wow! Exactly right. Yeah, and there's a few. There's a few examples of them. Um, the Talia brothers. One played for Adelaide, and the other didn't. And I can't remember the other one played, but they were the grandsons of Harvey Stevens, who played for Footscray in that era. And he had one of those jumpers at one point when the Talias were sort of, you know, coming out and going to get drafted and get picked and so forth. Mm. Um, he had his old uh, 1935 jumper on display. And I can't mm. remember whether that was of the right size or not, but... Um, <laughs> Certainly, with the yeah, the one certainly the one they had at the club was little league size. <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, so, but I mean, the, the thing I'm sort of touching on the same clubs over and over, really, because there were certain clubs that changed their designs at least once or twice in this in this era. Um, it was I mentioned Carlton navy blue with the CFC monogram. They put it on in 1927. Realistically, it really didn't change until they started doing the printed polyester jumpers in the late 1990s, early 2000s. Collingwood had um, black and white stripes, although they did have their jumpers in this era, certainly in the late 20s, early 30s, they had like a um, almost like underwear. It was like a wool jumper. Mm -hmm but it was uh, often sleeveless with just two uh, broad black stripes on it. Uh, no. So there's a lot of photos. That's And that's probably before the what they called The Machine, which was the really good teams of uh, 28, oh, was it 27, 28, 29, 30. So, um, but the first premiership year, 27, they were wearing... As I say, it looks as much like uh, an undershirt or a, like a woolen undergarment um, mm. with two thick black stripes on it, and then uh, then they started going to you know the traditional black and white striped jumpers. Essendon just wore black with a red sash, which they'd started in 1890 when they started wearing black jumpers. Yeah, they've just worn black with a red sash all the way through. Uh, Fitzroy had maroon with a blue dark blue yoke so they didn't really change much geelong just wore blue and white hoops they didn't really change much uh richmond black with a yellow sash didn't change much but the others you know you just see them tinkering here and there just mm. um 
sort of playing with designs, I suppose you always call it, as they tried to find something that they felt, I guess, the most comfortable with. Like, um, you know, I mentioned Hawthorne had that, they went back to the brown jumper with a gold V, and then they changed the the collars and the cuffs. Um, at one point, it was like every, every second year. Um, I think, I was, I was not quite like that, but I think 37, they changed it. Then straight away, they changed it back. Um, then we sort of we're moving now towards World War II, 38 to 42, they had the brown collars. Uh, 43 to 48, they changed it back again to gold collars. And then 49, they went back to the brown collars. And then, <laughs> you know, eventually they move on to wearing stripes. Um, some of the others, you've got uh, Footscray again, you know. So yeah. they're obviously not happy with what they look like. Um, yeah. They apparently had some sort of compromise where they squished the red and white band together for a season in '38, and then '39 back to the what we, yeah, what we would call the traditional Footscray slash Western Bulldogs jumpers. Uh, the other one in that era in 1939 will be North Melbourne. Um, as I was sort of saying, like they went to wearing blue and white stripes, but it was really wide stripes. Um, by 39, what they're wearing is effectively a white jumper with three blue stripes, depending on how big the player was, whether there was extra blue stripes, you know, the extra large jumpers. Uh, by the time they got to Mick Nolan and Barry Goodingham, they probably had, you know, extra stripes down the sides. But mm. um, the North jumpers of that era are just like effectively what they wear today, you know, white blue stripes, the, the blue stripes in the middle, um, yeah, they all mm. look the same. Uh, 1940, Fitzroy put on the FFC monogram, and so they sort of, they dropped the yoke. So, you know, like everybody's, well, everybody, half of them mm. are, they're getting new jumpers, and when they get new jumpers, they, they just do something out of the box, you know, yeah. try it something new and and half of them are just nah this is what we wear this is it this is us this is, this is what we look like yeah um yeah i guess uh so yeah well we've sort of moved into the 40s by now obviously there was an event uh toward the end of the 39 season where um things changed a bit for certainly in terms of uh yeah they did you know dedicating resources to new footy uniforms, but uh, 44, 45, uh, Footscray were wearing navy blue with a red and white band. Right. And uh, So this probably ties us back to our um, episode where we talked about the dyes, right? Is that still... Correct. The Germans? So or... the largest... Yeah. So still, um, well, gee, in World War One, the largest manufacturer of dyes, commercial dyes for clothing um were all in germany yeah in the 1940s that's still the case and in 2022 uh i think china's gone past them now because of synthetic dyes but realistically i think they're second or third you know so germany's wow. always been a country that makes uh dyes it's i guess they started companies back whenever and they they continued you know mm. 
chemical companies and whatnot, um, they continue to be one of the largest suppliers of commercial dyes in the world. And so, yes, um, we didn't trade with Germany in that time. Uh, North, as I mean, well, North and Footscray are the other two teams that it really affected in terms of the Royal Blue. Uh, there was probably some other uh, colours, but by that time, uh, they could have, like the US was another country that had started becoming a commercial manufacturer of dyes. So instead of getting dyes from Germany, you could get them from the US, but apparently Royal Blue was not one of those colours. Uh, so although North just wore the same jumpers effectively right through World War II, uh, Footscray wore navy blue for a couple of seasons, and then as soon as the war was over, they went back to royal blue. Mm, right. um, the other thing that happened was 1945, St Kilda had been wearing what was effectively a white jumper with a, a red stripe on one side and a black stripe on the other. They weren't panels that, that went to the sides of the jumpers. But 1945, that was the first year where they actually had red, white and black panels. Um, but, oh, going back to the 30s, they added the club logo onto the jumpers and then, you know, which they still have on today. And uh, 1945, they went to like the panels look with a black back Mm. Uh, they had white sleeves, and so, yeah, they must have looked pretty flashy. That is pretty but cool. that was the first time, effectively. So really by... Oh, and then um, 1950, Hawthorne starts wearing brown and gold stripes. And yeah, realistically, right. all of those designs and all of the things that we just sort of talked about, they're effectively now settled into and basically every club has settled into the design that that they in most cases still wear today yeah i was wondering like why so, why has there not been much of a change for a lot of these clubs in regards to these patterns since basically the 30s and the 40s is it just like it gets so like there's you build up so much heritage that you don't want to change it anymore or because I feel I, like in a lot I of other sports I, I across the world, do they do change nice. quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. And so I think it was probably in this era uh, where, like, the, and I mean the 30s, 40s, and 50s, you know, even into the 50s, the beginning of the, the concept of playing for the love of the jumper, play, and that's, um, I mean, that was, you know, they weren't, professionals in a lot of cases. There was a thing called the Colter Law. Players couldn't get paid. Uh, and they played for the love of the jumper, for the love of the club. Mm. And so to then go and say, all right, well, you're playing for the love of the jumper. Uh, next year, we're going to change that jumper. And then a year later, we're going to change it again. And then a year later, we're going to change it again. Now, well, that makes no sense. Yeah. So the I, I don't know that you could really say it was a like a commercial branding thing that you realistically it, it would be today. You know, the fact that um, Essendon have always worn black with a red sash or Collingwood have always worn black and white stripes, there's a commercial value to to be in that case unchanging. You know, mm. you can say, Well I want I'm gonna align an insurance company that's 
you know, unchanging and will always be there for you, whatever. Well, then you can say, well, if I'm going to align that to a footy club, Collingwood and Essendon have the same uniforms that they've always worn. Now, that was the case until, you know, the last 15 years. Yeah. Um, and now Essendon wear six different jumpers in the season. <laughs> so Yeah, I feel as yeah. well it does a good job in regards to um, keeping the fan groups through generations. When you have a jumper that looks exactly the same as the team that your grandpa supported as it does for you, then it's sort of like exactly right. it builds it up that way as yes. well. Yes. And it, it makes Heritage Round, you know, a, a difficult concept because what are you going to do for Carlton? What are you going to do for Collingwood? What are you going to do for Essendon? They basically, they look the same, you know, all through history. Yeah. But you're right. Um, if, if, and, you know, it was really only in the 70s when you were able to get hoodie jumpers made by a, you know, a company and could buy them in retail outlets. And that came from uh, the English soccer market where uh, the got... Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what, we'll bring that back up next week about who the guy was that developed mm. the replica kit in um, English soccer. <laughs> but what the AFL, VFL found was, you know, there was money to be made in licensing these, um, effectively, to have somebody make footy jumpers that looked like the VFL clubs. And so because mm. there was money to be made in it, the VFL were interested. And there were manufacturers that stepped up and started making jumpers. Now, as you mentioned, before that, you had to get to your nana to knit a footy jumper. You wanted yeah. to wear a foot spray jumper. And they had patterns. You know, you could go to the shop and they'd have the pattern of knit one, pearl one, whatever, you know, however knitting works. But yeah. they'd, they'd be able to say, you've you got to do this bit blue. And then when you get to here, now you've got to start doing red, a little bit more blue. Now you've got to do white. Now you've got more blue. Now you finish it off. Do the same on the other side. Knit them together there's a foot scratch jumper. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever it took to do, Carlton jumper, Collingwood jumper, etc. And so all of that, you know, was available. And as you say, um, that's that's our club. That, that's what we look like. You know, yeah. Melbourne, we're navy blue with a red yoke. That's us. And the benefit for clubs like that was, especially when you had some success, well, you don't want to change. You, you say, well... I mean, until we get to the West Coast Eagles, where as, as soon as they had some success, that, <laughs> that was the impetus to change. But um, because then they could sell merchandise. But that wasn't the mentality in this era. The mentality was, you know, we this is who we are. This is what we look like. And we'll look like this for as long as we possibly can. Yeah. And there was a strength to that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Do they have... Was there any cases of, like, kids getting jumpers made up in the club teams in this era, in the 30s and 40s? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this was... Like, the kids, uh, again, kids were running around yeah, kicking the footy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I um, yeah, I know a story of a family member that um, was going to games. Actually, it was the Footscray jumper. Um, a family member got... However it happened, he was able to get to get a foot scrape jumper made up 
Um, and I guess they had the the royal blue. And when he went to the game, Footscray were wearing navy blue. So it was obviously, you know, that era where 44-45, where they were wearing navy blue. Yeah. And he was devastated because, you know, it spent... Because you don't just knit up a jumper in a weekend. It takes yeah. some measure of time to get it made. And then he, oh, I'm going to get a Footscray jumper. I'm going to get a Footscray jumper. And then he finally gets it and he wears it to the game and the players are wearing a different colour. Um, I think mm. he was okay once they, you know, changed back in 46. But <laughs> that was, you know, that was just one of those things. Uh, and, yeah, it, you didn't want... Um, you didn't want to be wearing last year's jumper or, um, you know, you didn't want mm. to be out of the, the right design. And it, it, realistically, it's one of the things the clubs do now where they change their sponsors around a little bit or they change, the, they tinker with the design here and there. So it sort of looks mostly the same. And yet, you know, anybody that collects jumpers or anybody that's, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a thing, for and that's a yeah. lot of people they want to be wearing this year's jumper they don't want to be wearing last year's jumper or the year before's jumper yeah yeah still want to sell as many as they can well that's what the clubs are now doing that's that's yeah, yeah. that will be <laughs> one of our later podcasts where we talk about that's so, right will we talk will we and rant think... we'll talk well let's call it we'll talk uh but yeah, yeah i mean I think, yeah. The, jumpers, this period, you know, though. yeah yeah, well, you know, as I say, I grew up in that era of you, you, the players played for the love of the jumper, although I guess realistically they were making some money, but the, the love of the jumper was a real thing, whereas now footy jumpers are a retail product to be sold, you know, for 120 bucks at the club store. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, that's the reality. Anyways, I think... This probably does tie up our probably a good place to stop. We've advertised in we uh, from... the next week, couple of weeks. Yeah, but yeah. So from... as I say, uh, we've sort of gone from 1925 to 1950. As I mentioned, 1950, Hawthorne are now wearing stripes. Uh, if you go to the season by seasons page on the website, if you get to 1950, you'll basically find everybody's wearing the jumpers that they wear today. I'd say with the exception of the Swans, because although that's now their clash jumper, um, yeah, if you take the sleeves off those jumpers, they're effectively what everyone wears. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. All righty. So well, that's I think been, that's uh, it. I think we'll wrap fun. it up and we'll go from yep. 1950 in the next episode. And yeah, I think for now, this is good. We'll end it here. And yeah, Sounds all good. this information you can all find right, on everyone. the Fully Jumpers yeah, website. Thanks and, yeah. Thanks very much, guys. We'll catch yeah, you later. Sounds good. See you guys. See ya.